Magic is a time-tested art form that has a rich history of entertaining people for millennia. In fact, the first recorded magic trick dates back to 2700 BC. An Egyptian papyrus depicts a man named Didi performing a magic act for the pharaoh. Since then, countless performers have come and gone. And like all forms of entertainment, there are the extremes of success. From the legendary Houdini and Copperfield, all the way down to the beginner practicing the tricks of the trade. Today's subject follows an aging magician who falls somewhere within that middle of the range. Depicting a legendary cinematic character, he finds himself drawn to a foreign land for a gig. A foreign land where opportunities, both good and bad, await him. So if you're like me, and you enjoy film and the impact and emotions they convey, then grab a glass of your preferred liquid and join me for the next little while. For me, that's a hot maple latte from our friends at Saxby's here in Philadelphia. So sit back, relax, and let's talk about the love of film. Welcome to Glazed Cinema. is an animated film directed by Sylvain Chaumet. The film follows an aging magician named Tatishev who travels to perform for sparse crowds. While performing at a wedding, however, his magic act draws the attention of a kilt-clad Scotsman. Whistling and clapping, the Scot is a very animated fan who boisterously cheers him on. After his act is over, the Scot introduces himself and hands the magician his card, inviting him to an event of some kind. After the magician arrives in London, we see Tatishev board a train, and through quick cuts, we see the scenery alter as he gets further and further north. Eventually, he reaches his destination, which is a small pub where he is to perform his act. There he meets a young woman, and performs a trick where he places the cloth over her broken shoes, wherein removing the cloth reveals a new pair for her to wear. From that point forward, the two travel together in an adventure to stay afloat amidst new opportunities and sinking expectations. The beauty I find in The Illusionist is its universality. Within the film, there is no use of traditional dialogue and no real semblance of language. The characters hardly speak, using body language instead 
And when speech is used, it's almost akin to a suggested gibberish. There are no subtitles or dialogue screens, resulting in a very fluid watch. This effect makes the illusionist akin to an animated silent film, bringing down the language barrier. While speech isn't used, sound and music is a big piece of the movie itself. The music is very well done, as it seems to fit perfectly with each scene and offers just the right mood and context. The sound effects within it are also extremely well done, from the footsteps to the unrolling of Tati Chef's poster, to opening doors, and the sounds are distinctive and crisp, giving a great feel of tangibility. The movie was originally written as a reflection of the estranged relationship between the writer and his daughter. In the original screenplay, he visits a foreign land, where, with her accompanying him, as he performs magic to sparse crowds. Meant for live action, it's my understanding that the writer's daughter was to play the role of Alice, and he the role of Tatyshev. But we'll come back to that in a little bit, I promise. I love The Illusionist for many reasons, but I'll highlight four specifically. One reason I love it is the overall feeling of the film itself. It has a very unique ambiance to it, especially on first viewing. The only way I've been successful in describing it is to give the feel of almost homesickness. It brings a charm and warmth but at the same time, a melancholy and subdued tone. It's a very interesting dynamic, and one that makes me return time and again. The other reason I love The Illusionist is the animation style. It's beautifully done, and has a modernly vintage look to it, and that might sound odd, particularly if you haven't seen it, but bear with me. The style of this film harkens back to the 2D animation style of old. Everything is hand-drawn and gives a nice sort of, for lack of a better word, grit that makes it feel all the more authentic and real. It almost feels like mid-century Disney to me in the way that it's animated, but I love that about it. I find that the CGI of today's animation can be a bit too clean. While it is great to look at, it also has this kind of uber-polished sense about it, where it loses the organic nature and becomes plasticky. With the animation of The Illusionist, however, everything is drawn splendidly, but has an imperfect nature about it, which for me just adds so much more to the atmosphere and the tone of the movie as a whole. The final two reasons are semi-connected, in that this film feels like a love letter to its two subjects. I'll highlight each individually, but the first and foremost is the reason why this film exists, and the subject of the film itself. If you've seen the cover, 
or images of the movie, you may recognize the main character in it, as he will look familiar to fans of international cinema, specifically French cinema. My third reason for loving this film is that it is partly a love letter to the legendary Jacques Tati. Jacques Tati was a French writer and director who was responsible for some fantastic comedies. He wrote and directed his first full-length feature in 1937, and his sixth and final film in 1974. Like other comedic directors before him, like Chaplin and Keaton, Tati developed a character with whom his films revolved around. The character of Monsieur Hulot would become iconic and is instantly recognized by fans of Tati. Monsieur Hulot is a tall, slender man who has a look all his own. He always has pants seemingly too short as his socks are always seen by the viewer. In reality, his pants are likely just hiked up too high as the belt line always seems to rest above his belly button, presenting a short-bodied, long-legged man. He also always has some sort of button-up shirt, either with or without a loose bow tie, and usually wore a trench coat or sport coat. Finally, he always had a round-topped and sharply brimmed hat, almost a sort of news cap or fedora, and he also wielded an unlit pipe. He usually seems to walk headfirst into situations, both physically in the angle of his walk and mentally. A generally unprepared man, he gets himself into compromising and humorous situations, and it's always funny to see how he gets himself out of them. Like his predecessors of Chaplin and Keaton, Tati played his famous character by himself. His humor resides in the slapstick realm, although it is a drier sense of the comedic genre. Within The Illusionist, the famous Monsieur Hulot appears as the main character. Most of the time, he appears in his magician's outfit, a red or I could say maybe a light maroon type of suit. But the gait, the walk, the overall appearance is spot on. In Tati's original screenplay, the plot revolves around the setting of Prague, Czech Republic. However, during the creation of the film, Chomet altered this. He recognized that Prague would provide that perfect blend of old and new world charm, but another city called to him, a setting perhaps more suited for animation. Which brings me to the final reason why I love this film. As much as The Illusionist is a love letter to first and foremost the legend of Tati and Monsieur Hulot, it is also a love letter to its setting. The main setting of the film is the great country of Scotland. And yes, I am very much aware that Scotland is not its own country, but it has an attitude and identity all its own, 
an attitude which I absolutely adore. Scotland is portrayed with a lot of love in this film. It has a tremendous sense of pride and grandeur in that it feels very much at home. In my research, I uncovered the reason why this is, and we'll get into that in a very short amount of time. As much as Scotland as a whole is showcased in The Illusionist, so is the wonderful city of Edinburgh. Oh, Edinburgh, how I love thee. Edinburgh is a Scottish city beloved internationally for its beauty, friendliness, and charm. With breathtaking architecture, beautiful surrounding nature, and an identity all its own, Edinburgh is a city that you can melt into nicely. I grew interested in the city through our subject today, and eventually my wife and I honeymooned in Scotland and fell in love with the city of Edinburgh ourselves. The Illusionist did such a great job in capturing the city from both afar and up close. I mentioned before that I uncovered something during my research that gives a hint as to why this feeling is so palpable in the film. It turns out that a lot of it has to do with the animation team responsible for bringing the movie to life. One of the reasons why Shomei was chosen as the director was because he owns his own animation company called Django Films, a company which happens to be based in Edinburgh, Scotland. He also used a team in Dundee, Scotland to aid in animation as well. And I have to believe that this was a driving force behind why this film feels so caring in portraying Scotland and Edinburgh itself. Using a team based in that setting will undoubtedly aid in the portrayal and provide a more real sense of place. They did a fantastic job with it as well. Shomei himself discussed this in an interview in which he stated, quote, I went to Prague, but just couldn't picture the action taking place there. And I had fallen in love with Edinburgh when I presented the triplets of Belleville at the Edinburgh Film Festival. I found the city as a very magical place. I had lived in Montreal when making the triplets of Belleville, and there is a very Canadian feel to that movie. I believe it's important to live in the same environment you are trying to animate, because your inspiration is then all around you." End quote. And it paid off with this movie. I mean, everything that I remember from Scotland looks like it's Scotland in The Illusionist, and has a very real sense of place. The Royal Mile looks like the Royal Mile. Arthur's seat and the skyline are very much akin to reality but it also has the animated 2D style, which has character and grit all its own, bringing a wonderful visual to the city and the country itself. I first watched this movie when it came out back in 2010. I had heard some great reviews of it, and the trailer I had seen interested me with its visual style. I was also interested in the main character, 
because he was very familiar to me. It didn't take long through watching the trailer, where I pinpointed that it was Monsieur Hulot. To that point, I had seen Monsieur Hulot's Holiday and Playtime, so I was familiar with Tati's iconic character enough to be curious about how the film was, would treat him as well. After learning that it was Tati's screenplay, however, I knew all the more that I had to see it. I rented the movie one day on demand and sat down and watched it, looking forward to what I'd find. I was amazed on my first viewing, and am still amazed today as to what experience this film provides. On first viewing, I was enamored with the layers that I found within its 80-minute duration. The thing that gets me to this day is how this film feels so much like a Tati film. I can see this as an extension of his directing filmography. It feels right at home. Chomet and the team at Django Films did such a fantastic job at bringing this plot to life, and the fact that it feels like the intended person's work is a testament to just how well they did. Unfortunately, Jacques Tati passed away in 1982, but he left a long-lasting legacy on the cinematic world. Compared to the screenplay, there are changes made to the final film. However, The Illusionist provides a great experience. It is a lot of things. It's cute. It's melancholic. It's beautiful. It's charming. It's haunting. It's funny. And it's surprising. If you're in the mood for an animated film with a different experience, than the traditional run-of-the-mill variety, The Illusionist has you covered. If you'd like to watch The Illusionist for yourself, you can find it on a variety of streaming services. At the time of this recording, you can find it on Tubi. Tubi is a service with a lot of film and TV varieties and offers the ability to stream its catalog for free. You can also find The Illusionist on other services like Voodoo, Google Play, Apple TV, Prime Video, and YouTube for either $2.99 or $3.99 to rent. This episode was written and recorded by me, Brian Kinney, with music by Kevin McLeod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Each week, there will be new content, including hints about episodes before they air. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, visit our website at glazedcinema.com. There, you'll find info about the show and a place to submit ideas for future episodes. For film fans who are hearing impaired, the blog page on our website features each episode in written form as well. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope to see you next time with another beverage and another fine film on Glazed Cinema.